0: Welcome to Amergo Radio. A place where a brain-first lifestyle matters. A place of impact and inspiration. A place where your hosts Dave Kenny and Susan Kenny coach you to rise
1: above. Hi friends, this is Dave Kenny with Emergo Radio. And I'm here with my co-host, Susan Kenny. And Susan, I'm pretty pumped. We get to meet with one of our great friends, Erica Jackson. From Well Coaches.
2: And she's a real friend of mine. I met her. I took the Module 1 Well Coaches, and it is one of the most amazing learning experiences that I've ever had. So I am thrilled to be on this podcast.
1: Well, let's get going so we can share this with all our friends out there. So Erica Jackson, she has a Master's in Labor and Human Resources, so she can teach us adults. National Board Certified Health and Wellness Coach. Master Certified Coach. She is currently the Vice President of Operations and Training for Well Coaches Corporation. She has a gratefully served coaches for over 15 years in a variety of teaching and mentoring roles. Now leading the faculty of op- and operation teams for the world's best coach training organization, Erica most enjoys the opportunity to improve processes that enable coaches to become more masterful more quickly. Erica has also served as an assistant faculty member of Harvard University Extension School teaching, coaching, psychology courses. In addition to her work with well coaches, she's also the lead instructor, instructional designer and senior faculty with Improv Edge. This sounds fun. Designing play with purpose, leadership development experiences led by Ivy League graduates and professional actors based on the principles of improv theater and then on top of all that, Erica loves the arts and in her spare time runs a community theater, writes music with her husband, Erica, welcome.
0: Well, hello. That sounds like a great life. <laughs> I, <laughs> I love like it. a great life. How do you, you put that together? You've, crea-
1: you've created that. <laughs>
0: Oh, well, I have a lot of gratitude for it. Gratitude is actually my top strength. So that comes, that comes easily. I uh, appreciate that I can wake up every day and know I'm going to be doing something that, that I love.
1: It's a, it's a great way to start every day. Hey, I woke up today and when you start there, everything's fantastic.
0: Oh yeah, that's right. That's right.
1: we've 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 introduced a little bit, and Susan's introduced a little bit about this, and maybe the two of you can talk about your experiences but but can you let the audience know erica uh, a background or overview of well coaches?
0: absolutely. Well coaches was founded in a vision by our founder and CEO, Margaret Moore, who is still at the helm as CEO of Well Coaches, and it was her vision in 2000, really primarily to create a new skill set for those in the fitness profession, personal trainers who were working with clients and yearning for a way to have a longer lasting impact and deeper connection with their clients. So the business was founded in 2000, and then in 2002, she collaborated with the American College of Sports Medicine, a medical society here in the U.S., but certainly has reaches internationally, to build the training and certification process, and so we're really grateful for that partnership because they helped us create a real world-class training program and certification process. And more recently, in the last few years, we've also partnered with another medical society, the American College of Lifestyle Medicine, who endorses our training and certification. And that's a really important piece for our growth as we really desire to acknowledge the whole of the person. So not just diet and exercise, but stress management brain science uh, what's going on in someone's relationships their mental health of course which i know is near and dear to your hearts and so that connection with lifestyle medicine and that organization will um, will support us in addressing the whole person
2: you're giving great information and from what i saw when i was down there there is nothing that touches well coaches I learned more in 4 days and I have brought back more to our coaching program and I'm looking forward to completing the next two modules because I know it's going to be equally but this is no fluffy course. Like if people are thinking that oh I'm just going to take a little coaching course and this is going to be <laughs> this is an intense coaching course that really touches on a lot of the human behavior physical and emotional and what I saw when I was there that week is the techniques that you use in Wall Coaches, it gets to the core very quickly.
0: Mm, I appreciate that, Susan. And certainly for anyone who's listening to this and thinking about taking the course, you are right. It is not designed for you to be able to sit back, read a manual, and then become a great coach. It is like any other profession, for example nursing. You know, you wouldn't want a nurse who has never practiced administering medicine, right? And so um, <laughs> so ha- having practice and really digging in deeply is uh, key to our program. And we want to support our students in um, being able to work with clients to discover their motivations and step into their capabilities beyond what they could have done alone without that conversation. And I could go on and on about why it's important to have a coach if you'd like.
2: I I just want to jump in uh, one thing. When you say students, these are already accomplished, degree-driven There was many people in our room that were physicians, psychologists, have master's degrees, own businesses. Uh, We had a Navy SEAL in the room. So they are your students, but these are your students are the best of the best.
0: Very intentionally. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. This This is not a profession that you step into straight out of high school. This is behavioral health. This is mental health. These are allied health professionals. And so this is continuing education for the experienced professional.
1: Yeah. So Erica, I've dedicated my career to human behavior and human development and helping people actualize their life. But this whole thing called coaching, you know, I've, I've been in this for a while, but many people, it's a new phrase. How do you and how does well coaches define coaching? What is coaching?
0: Mm. So I want to start by giving you a new definition that emerged when the National Board for Health and Wellness Coaching was formed. This is an organization that formed here in the U.S., but has international reach. And it was formed um, in this beautiful spirit of collaboration between coach training schools saying, to grow this industry, for the better of betterment of the world, we need to define what coaching is, and we need to define the principles of training and the set of skills and behaviors that a coach exhibits in order to have an impact on on patients. So that there is a, a really an international standard for that, and so the formal definition. Is that health and wellness coaches partner with clients seeking self directed, lasting changes aligned with their values, which promote health and wellness and enhance well being? Our vision at Well Coaches is just to create a world where people welcome change rather than are being fearful of it that they enjoy the process of growth, and that they're well aware of their strengths in order to do both, you know, to welcome change and and, and experience growth. Coaching is very different than the expert approach, Um, and and there certainly is a time and place for the expert approach, where you go to your health professional and they tell you what's wrong with you, and then they tell you what to do to fix it. Um, There are times when uh, a patient or, uh, as we refer to them, clients or partners in, in that case, don't have the information and they need some guidance on what to do. But many of those conversations are rooted in fear, the shoulds and you ought tos. And a coach takes a different tact. First of all, identifying the things that the client is doing well. So that they can learn from those things. Let's say a client isn't eating well, but they are walking daily. So we learn from from the best of what is so that we can apply those things to other areas of the client's life. And they don't approach change through force, facts, and fear but support a client or patient and uncovering what's important to them. What's the longer term life giving heart connecting motivator to make a change.
2: You taught me a phrase when I was with you and I have used it countless times since I've gotten back. People are not resistant to change. Mm. People are resistant to being changed.
0: That's right. (laughs) And
2: that, absolutely fits for, for our clientele. Um, Often they come from an experience of people telling them what to do, whether that's the families, whether that is other programs that they've been to. And what we do fits so well with well coaches because we believe in a strengths-based process. We believe in, you know, they are different and, and have different gifts than anyone else. And it's our job as a team to be able to identify what those strengths are and now help them step into what a life looks like to create it with the foundation of those strengths.
0: Hmm. Right. The coach approach is to see the whole person, not just what is broken. I had to, I think I told this story in the class, perhaps I had to retrain my psychiatrist when I was in (laughs) therapy with my husband you know, who's essentially first question in every conversation was, well, so what's wrong this week, right? In other words, well, what do you want to fight about in front of me today? (laughs) And, (laughs) and, uh, and what's broken. And instead, after a couple of weeks, I retrained him um, to begin with what went well between the two of you this week, (laughs) Hmm. because not everything was broken. And upon that foundation, and building the positive emotions within that conversation together, we could then more successfully address the things that were on shaky ground and or and or broken. There's always something that were that is working. working. Always.
2: It's um I fine-tune the language of that. So every night we don't encourage journaling for our mm-hmm. clients because they go backwards. Mm. Right. They talk Or they talk about negative things. So we have them do something at the end of the day called big rocks. So mm. it's, it's specific questions to be reflective on the day. And the first question is, what went well for you today? Yeah. Just set the context then for the rest of the writing. Because we know that if we ask that question first, the rest of that page has a very different energy to it.
0: Absolutely. And Martin Seligman, who um did a lot of research on gratitude journals, would say part part two of that, and perhaps you've integrated this, is to say, and what did what did I contribute to that but i what did I bring? Why did that happen to me? That good yeah. thing that happened?
1: Yeah. Oh, you're right. That's part two of it. So so one of the things we do at dinner, let's talk in practical terms for the clients who come to our recovery and wellness program at Amergo. One of the things first of all, dinner is a sacred period and everybody sits down, coaches, directors, every, and clients, everybody at the table. But one of the things we do right away, first of all, we do gratitude before before we get our food, and we all get in a circle and, and do gratitude different than a blessing. what are we grateful for um and but when we start the meal, the question is um what are the best part or parts of the last twenty four hours of your heart thumping eye blinking, lung breathing life and,
0: <laughs> i love it
1: and and and, and so Somebody who even has just arrived and they're in detox, maybe, or maybe they're just, they're struggling because they can't isolate at home. They n- they don't have the same patterns coping. and coping skills and patterns, and, and they're out of sorts. So even if they're having a minus eight day, maybe something was minus six. And mm-hmm. That's what we can talk about. The question is, what was great? What was good? I mean, that's a really loaded, judgmental question. But it, for you. What was the best parts of the day? And for some people, it's just, I made it to dinner. Fantastic. Because now we can go from there. I so I, I love, love the spirit of where you two are going. So we've talked a little bit about what coaching is and all that stuff. Who is coaching not a good fit for?
0: It is not a good fit for someone who really gets fed, um, has their ego fed, by being the know-it-all, by having all of the answers. (laughs) Not a good fit for someone who believes that there is one right path to any kind of health and wellness, whether that is a nutrition plan or an exercise plan. It is the wrong fit for someone who looks first at what's broken in people. Now, all of these things certainly can be retrained. You know, <laughs> I do believe that someone who has lived that way was also brought up in a system that trained them to look for those things first or to show up in that way. That's certainly the system that we've cultivated in, in, uh, in the medical world. Um, and it is not a good fit for someone who is who is uncurious. Who isn't interested in learning more about what's beneath the surface? And then, lastly, I'd say it's not a good fit for someone who is uncomfortable with feelings and and having creating the space for conversations about deep emotion.
2: Well said, well said. And uh, I remember doing an exercise with you in December and you gave us a written profile and I think you're right it was the tendency of all of the groups Mm. to first hone in on oh well here's what this person isn't doing well here's where she's not succeeding and only because I had had a little more experience I was able to look at it and say hey here's Mm -hmm. what's going really well for this person. And, and we were able to pick out a few things, but I think you're right. We're, we're taught to look for the negative or here's what I'm not good at. And yeah, I think this is very, very different from that.
0: Right. So in the class, I gave the students something akin to a health risk assessment that provided a profile of this patient and, um, and just said, you know, what do you notice? And even, and this is, this is day three of training, right? So, so we're, we're 20 hours into talking about strengths and what's going well. And those well-worn neural pathways of our healthcare experts in the room started making lists of everything that was wrong with this patient and what needed to be fixed. And so it it always leads to a wonderful aha moment. These are hard habits to break. And many of them are in systems that only reward right for for finding what's broken, for focusing on what's wrong, the negative numbers, biometrics, et cetera.
1: Well, at Emergo, we and as you know, we work on a brain first approach to wellness. Mm-hmm. So you just you just talk my language. You said <laughs> habits right before that, though. You said neural pathways, and really, that is what a habit is. If you want to back up a little bit, brain drives behavior,
2: mm-hmm. whether you
1: like it, whether you don't it is a fact that brain drives behavior and when our brain is in an imbalanced state sometimes our, our we can be we can be stuck in a parasympathetic dominant state and learn patterns by continually doing something pretty negative in our life or in a sympathetic dominant way and now how do we relearn that well that's the first we work in in neuroscience and helping the brain come into a balanced state but then comes the introduction of coaching and yeah. beginning to uh, use questions so t- talk to me about because you've already said this the difference of an expert telling well then that leads me to say okay well that means you must ask so talk to me about the power of the question
0: oh mm, the power of the question well The power of the question is rooted in an understanding of self-determination theory. And in self-determination theory, there are three components. One, honoring a client's autonomy, their human right to be at choice. Two, building a sense of confidence or competence. So not pushing somebody into experience trying out new behaviors and goals before they're ready. And three, connection, that we grow better when we're in connection with another person. Uh, And so open-ended inquiry can, can honor all of those things, asking questions about someone's motivation for change, their vision for wholeness. Asking questions that aren't rooted in our own agenda, right? We can ask a question, but it can be um, a covert way to try to get a client to do the thing we think they ought to do. An open-ended inquiry comes without that agenda, <laughs> and we can ask questions that support a client in discovery. What stage of change they are in? That's based on the trans-theoretical model, so they get to turn to determine what are the best next steps for them, not us, not our checklists, not not even what we've learned in the past from from school or for other from other clients or patients, because. Every human we interact with is made up of their own recipe of past experiences and perspectives.
2: You talked earlier about a personal experience that you and your husband had and just a retraining of the therapist that you were working for. What's the difference between coaching and engaging a therapist or a counselor?
0: Yeah. And and when you post this question to me in preparation for this, it was phrased coaching versus counseling and therapy. And, and I would like to um, suggest that we think of coaching and counseling and therapy, that they work beautifully together. Um, but to make a distinction for you, because I know this is a, a common question, I see that therapists are um, most appropriate for spaces where there is unresolved pain from trauma that both permeates, you know, spreads um, into all areas of one's life and relationships and perseveres, you know, um, just sticks around like Velcro for years and years and sometimes decades. And it's also best for topics that can't be resolved in a few conversations or with some new um, experiences or experiments. So so if I'm working with a client uh, and and a topic keeps coming up over and over and over again that seems to be rooted in some perspective uh, that comes from their history, that may be a time to to suggest that they have a a conversation with a, with a therapist or counselor.
1: So we work in the world of recovery and wellness both by the way. And, and I know that for, for other people that well coaches um, and help me with this one, I'm, I want to make sure I get this right. We came, we crossed paths through Noah Gentner at Humber college here in Toronto and Humber runs the wellness coaching program a postgraduate program and your program, the well coaches are the foundation of the teaching there, which is huge. Yeah. So this, this isn't just kind of light stuff academically. This is very solid and it's, and it's, and there's a foundation there. Um, so talk to me about the value in the world of recovery, whether that's a substance and, and or a, or a pattern or a choice, and wellness as well, how, how does how can coaching support people who may be looking for some help out there?
0: Mm. Well, I think that someone in recovery often experiences loneliness. Right? They may be disconnected from from family, friends, their um, uh, their connections. Just. Uh, Because of some of the outgrowths of of addiction, what we know and the science tells us is that we grow best in relationships with others. And a coach, a good coach, (laughs) will create a relationship that is deeply rooted in trust, that is fully present. Coaches are the best listeners they are the best at open ended inquiry, which we talked about briefly. The best at reflecting what someone has just said so that that client or patient feels heard. The best is just being there in the moment without an agenda to push, um, force, you know, prod someone along into the result that they think. Um, that client should be moving toward and we have unconditional positive regard because of our deep belief that everyone has strengths and everyone has had some kind of success or best experience that can be learned from we hold hope we we always see the possibility so so that's one reason I think coaches also recognize, um, and not just around recovery, but any topic, we are not lacking information about how to be healthy in this world. People know how to do it. We don't need to give any more information about how to get clean, how to eat well, how to exercise. We recognize that what stands between someone and change is, is fear. It's a a lack of confidence. And so we understand, we are the experts in in having the kinds of conversations that build confidence, that generate uh, the positive emotions needed to build confidence on uncovering someone's motivation and purpose, um, on getting the words to come out of the client's mouth about why they're capable Of making a change. And we also know how to view goal setting as experiments and and debrief what has happened when a client or patient goes out into the world and, and has tried on a new behavior without any judgment, without them feeling like they are going to be looked down upon or disappointing us. We know how to have those conversations, and we call those win-learn conversations.
2: I just want to go back to what you said, the win-learn,
0: mm-hmm.
2: because that's, a, that's an important point just to spend a minute here, sure. is we have a society that says win or lose. That's right. <laughs> and I completely agree with you. So c- can you just expound on that thought, the, the win and learn?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Right. So when we're asking about, you know, what happened with your goal this week, regardless of what it is, first of all, we don't say what happened with your goal (laughs) because clients come to us with a negativity bias. uh, As you've alluded to, they're going to, to say what they didn't do, right? Focus on the failure, quote unquote. So we always begin, always with what went well. What was good about your experiment with your goal this week? And then we learn from that. You know, what strengths did you bring to that? What led you to make that choice? What was good? What do you want to savor? And if there were some challenges, and gosh, inevitably, there usually are, we just say, what did you learn? What does this mean to you going forward? All of that is left in the hands of the client. And then they, they decide what comes next. Not us saying, okay, well, I think you should, this is how I think you should feel about it. And here's what I think you should do about it. No, there is no room for that in coaching.
1: Erica, this has been an informative, and we've only scratched the surface. I mean, I, I want to dive into appreciative inquiry and so many other things. Yeah. But but um, for somebody who's listening and interested and would like to know more, how can, how can they contact you or, or the Well Coaches organization?
0: We have a beautiful new website. We're very uh, excited to have launched this fall. It's wellcoaches.com. And we hope that we've designed it in a way that makes it very simple to navigate and find your own path. We take a real coach-like approach on this site. So um, we're not force-feeding marketing, but helping you determine the best path for you.
1: Beautiful. And again, that's well coaches, just as it sounds. Dot com, And you can find Erica and her colleagues there and read about all of the education and opportunities. I've been on the site. It's, it's easy to navigate. It's a great looking site. Um, and in, as we close here with Emergo Radio, and again, Emergo Latin to emerge or to rise above, we always like to offer something that we personally are committed to for today. To help us rise above. So Erica, you get to kick off this segment. What is it that today either you have done or going to do that you've committed to, to help you rise above?
0: I am in an ongoing process as the climate in the united states has been pretty negative politically to really only post positive things things that uplift on social media and so i commit to continuing that uh, never posting anything that disparages another human being or their perspective
1: lovely i love it susan what do you got
2: So today, um, mine's a little bit different. I'm also working on a project, but it's a more succinct project. I pulled apart every spice that we have on property, and I got this idea for a very streamlined, aligned, organized, and all of my things have come in now from Amazon. I'm ready to go. Tonight is the night I put it all together. That's my rise above.
1: That's outstanding. And, and it is total chaos right now. So I'm, I'm looking forward to the finished product. Uh, and for me to rise above tonight, um, we do some various things. Um, and I've talked about meditation before, but I use something called a Saraset headband. And tonight, and it just helps keep my brain in a balanced, relaxed state. It's amazing technology, and we've talked about it, met, and and have done a podcast with Lee Gertis before, so I'm going to use my set headband tonight uh, in the evening just to keep me in a real balanced, relaxed state, and Susan loves it because I'm really chill when I do that. So
2: I want to add one more thing. In case our listeners wanted to know what they could do to help determine their strengths, you alluded to this in the very beginning of the podcast, Erica, that your number one strength was gratitude. Is that from the VIA strengths?
0: Yes, the values yeah. and action
2: assessment. Yeah. Yes. And so you and I share that because my number one strength is gratitude mm. as well. And for anybody that is interested in learning what their top strengths are, the values in action or VIA, I think it's .org. Right? That the website yes,
0: they 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 changed their their URL recently. And so I hate to, to misquote that. But if you search values yeah. and action assessment, you'll find and it. And it's free
2: so, and you complete yeah. a questionnaire and you can find out they'll email it right back to you. You get to determine what your top strengths are. So if anybody that's listening wanted to find that out, that's how you'd find it.
1: So my name is Dave Kenny with Amergo Radio, and you can find us. At emergo recovery, E M E R G O recovery.com, or you can text or call us at 249 877 8776 for the most part, you're going to talk directly with and text directly with Susan. So um, if, you, if you want to know more about resources or inquire about our residential program, um, happy to hear from you. And uh, again, I'm here with my co-host,
2: Susan Kenny,
1: And we've had the great pleasure to be with Erica Jackson of Well Coaches. Thanks so much for your time today, Erica.
0: Thank you. It was a real delight. I'm
2: grateful to have you on the show. Thanks, Susan.
0: In gratitude, we thank you for joining us on Emergo Radio, a place where you rise above with your hosts, Dave Kenney and Susan Kenny. Remember to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you like to listen and learn. Want more? You can reach us at emergoradio.com. That's E-M-E-R-G-O
2: radio.com.